0: The intense kitchen movie has been done to death, I think. We've all seen it. But what's a workplace that's yet to have its tense character movie set there? So. Uh, have we started or- as? <laughs> It's just friend content.
1: This
0: is... <laughs> you, you I love the friend content. <laughs> you said
1: you said it with such like um authority and I know, right. Gravitas it. it was like, oh shit, are we in it? Um where's a workplace that hasn't had like an intense I mean supermarket hasn't had an intense, but I don't get as fucking oh, intense. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but one which would deservedly need a tense.
0: No, I like the idea of the Bradley Cooper movie said in Aster.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just not getting those vans out on time.
0: This trolley isn't properly inserted into this one in front. It's not perfect! I hate it! And he kicks the whole, like, the massive cha- chain of trolleys over.
1: Just starts swearing
0: <laughs> at everyone. Gets up in their faces. You know, Krispy Kreme pays us a lot of money to have placement here, right? Do you think they want this? A raspberry donut? And with the not with the with the jelly, is that what Krispy Kreme want? And then he smashes we the
1: whole thing. We just got a Krispy Kreme in ours oh, a little goodness. while ago, but now that I can see how much they're swapped out, I want to eat them less. Oh really? Oh no! Yeah. What people just picking them up and then being like, well, naturally. just that like they'll sit in that cabinet for a few days, and you're just like,
0: oh dear, no, no, no." <laughs> you saw how the sausage is made and how the donuts are kept. Yeah. Hello and welcome to One Good Thing, the podcast that should be culinary orgasms i'm paul great Cakes, and i am joined this week by the absolute legend she can gm she can bring to life endless memorable weird little guys and draw a butt that you'd gladly show your mum. it's sarah keep from podcasts
1: oh hello it's me from podcasts don't show your <laughs> mum the butts i draw they're for you yeah. and you alone
0: oh yes <laughs> she's she, she she gets her own she gets her own <laughs> supply um tell us about the <laughs> podcast that you currently smash it on um, I am currently on
1: uh, Quest Fantastic, uh, mm. an actual play D&D podcast about four retired heroes coming out of retirement to help save their friend, Gumbro Duclo, uh, which also happens to feature two Pauls.
0: Yeah. Oh, I've heard that's so good and well acted.
1: Yes. I especially think that the best character is Blurg. Oh, I've uh, also had that opinion. Yeah. And the worst <laughs> character is Jump.
0: Yes, that is, yeah. that is basically the consensus that I've seen. Yeah. And he's not here to posts about that.
1: defend himself, which is fun. <laughs> yeah. um, Goodman cannot talk back in this. What, what a treat, <laughs> what a change from Quest Fantastic.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, it's all going to come um, out here. This is what's really going to happen to jump. <laughs> Uh But I'm also
1: yeah. on the anthology actual play podcast, Roll Plus Heart. Um, yeah. A queer actual play podcast with my friends Jen, Bex, and Helen, where we do a variety mm. of TTRPGs uh, rotating yeah. pretty much monthly. So you can jump yeah. on with any game that sounds <coughs> interesting to you, from thirsty sword lesbians to kids mm. on bikes.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've got to say, you and the other host, Jen, Bex, and Helen, just <laughs> really knocking it out of the park.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jen, Bex, Helen is one
0: person, <laughs> and they're great. They're very good. They're very powerful. They're the power of many entities. And how timely, though. Because with the menu in cinemas this weekend, let's catch up on an earlier serving of hawk cuisine hokum. Because Sarah has asked us to review a movie you kind of remember that stars everyone the 2015 Bradley Cooper thing (laughs) burnt!
2: I was 16, I quit school. I saved just enough for a one way ticket to Paris. Maybe I just wanted it really bad and then when I got it too early, I didn't know how to hold on to it. What do you want? I'm gonna run the best restaurant in the world. He's sure he's famous.
0: If you're a chef, he's like the Rolling Stones. If you try to start a new restaurant, there are at least a dozen people who will try to have you killed.
2: The kitchen's the only place I've ever felt like I really belonged. Loved every minute of it—the heat, the pressure, the violence.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> you you came to me and you said, "What yes. is a what is a film that you would like to talk about on One Good Thing?" And I did. I have previously mentioned this on One Good Thing. Oh, yes wow <laughs> how indeed your 2020 indeed. anniversary episode
0: oh my god yes i forgot about that
1: yeah yeah and so yeah, when i'm put I on like... the spot uh i can only think of two films because i would tend i don't tend to w- like walk out on films um sure. yeah and so and the only two I can think of is Spanglish, which I've already got you to cover yep. way back in the baby days. Um, in the baby days. In the baby days. And then when it was put on the spot in 2020, I was like, I guess burnt. Thinking, well, mm. oh, it probably wasn't as bad as I remember. But <laughs> yeah, I think actually, I think 2020, Sarah, was spot on.
0: You got to go with your gut. Like any good chef, I imagine. This movie doesn't really say. <laughs> like Adam Jones. <laughs> Adam Jones. Or Montgomery Reese. (laughs) Somebody's got a character list in front of them. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, the film was directed by John Wells, the director of other movies you kind of remember that star everyone, uh, The Company Men, and August Osage County. He really, really wanted all the Oscars burnt was his most recent slash last film possibly we'll find yeah. out when he dies um he is mainly a tv showrunner and an executive producer having worked on er the west wing american shameless uh, which is just me indicating it's not called american shameless although it be. shameless us um and american and oh god an animal kingdom uh, and fun fact no one actually knows what an executive producer does <laughs> In film class recently, it was described by one of our professors as something in order to give the film more prestige. Huh. <laughs> Does Brad John Pitt to executive produce,
1: lend your production yeah. more prestige, though? Because um, before you mentioned him, I didn't even realise that's who directed this. Didn't even realise this person yeah. existed.
0: Didn't realize mean, this movie had a director. It needn't have done.
1: No. Could have sworn it was a
0: fully Bradley Cooper vanity project, but he did everything. <laughs> He may have recruited the guy himself. The film was written by the screenwriting enigma of our time, Stephen Knight, Um, a man who wrote the excellent films Eastern Promises, uh, Locke, and Spencer, but also wrote Allied, The Girl in the Spider's Web, and previous OGT entry, Serenity. So maybe he drinks heavily?
1: (laughs) Maybe he just has... A 50 50 track record, or it's like one for him, one yeah. for Hollywood.
0: <laughs> These are the ones for Hollywood. Yes. That actually, yeah, that is kind of it. I could see, uh, yeah, it's like weird vanity projects for uh, for actors. Oh my god, that is the pattern. Like Allied for Brad Pitt and Mammy and Cotia. Go on the Spider's Web, well, kind of just a franchise installment thing. The franchise that didn't take off. And Serenity was a big McConaughey and Hathaway joint. Huh. But then again, Spencer was kind of a Kristen Stewart thing, and I enjoy Spencer. Hmm. Uh, he is also one of the three men who invented "Who Wants to Be a Millionaire" back in the nineties, so he can afford to drink heavily. I know, right? <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> <laughs> a common thread between "Who Wants to Be a Millionaire" and burnt Bradley Cooper's burnt behind it. It's like when you find out Jasper Carrot invented golden balls, like, huh? I mean, it's just bizarre. Do you want to
1: share or do you want to chef?
0: That was what Jasper Carrot was always saying in the 80s alternative <laughs> comics scene. And he brought that to Golden Pools, the most confusing game on British television. <laughs> oh God, this film started as a comedy called Chef, seemingly with Cooper involved early on, which does suggest, you know. Uh, then John Favreau made his third and last good movie, uh, Chef. So they changed the name to the main name of the character in the film, Adam Jones. <coughs> uh firstly seemingly indifferent to the possibility of disappointing tool fans and then also just to make sure the title says absolutely nothing about the film
1: (laughs) i mean that's that that shows the thinking of someone that just doesn't understand how films work like oh we'll call this adam jones like oh is that a famous person no it's actually the most generic name we could ever have thought of
0: Yeah, it's like, it's such a, like, it's like Michael Clayton, you know? It's just this idea of, ooh, I'm intrigued. I must learn more. This is clearly an art film of some sorts. You know, who is this? Adam Jones. And you can run, like, taglines, like, Jones in the Kitchen. I don't know. I have no idea what the thinking game on this was. It was just baffling. Uh, It then changed its name to Untitled John Wells (laughs) Movie, which I think is actually better. (laughs) Yeah, that's more intriguing. it is, and then finally burnt. How to get burnt?
1: How to get, no get burnt? How to
0: get How'd it burnt? How to get burnt?
1: To become burnt. <laughs> well, we just learned how it got burnt. It went through many stages.
0: <laughs> it was a complicated process. Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Stop asking. I'll explain it if you calm down. <laughs> uh the movie was produced by Gordon Ramsay. Is that Make true? What you will or what you can? Yeah. Oh, do you think any of it's based on him? <laughs> what oh it's hard to say can you tell us gordon about times when you've lost your shit in the kitchen when you've made your insecurities everybody else's problem (laughs) hmm i can think of a couple of examples i don't know why he was blur (laughs) the film was received by critics like the opportunity to make a terrible cooking metaphor because they all absolutely did that (laughs) let's uh let's have a look at here for the clumsiest where's peter travers oh yeah yeah. fuck here he is rolling stone a cheerless and unappetizing plate of piffle yep. that deserves to be smashed against a wall or at least sent back to the kitchen. Director John Wells and screenwriter Stephen Knight cook this mess up and they get all the ingredients wrong. God damn it, Peter Travers. Public Meanwhile are all uniformly better people than Peter Travers. <laughs> Louis AF V. Woltzler? V. Weltzler! remember that one? There's a fucking obscure reference. <laughs> i am sorry i do not i'm sorry i'm not goodman
1: um i feel like he would have not let you down in this
0: he would have let me down he wouldn't have gotten that i was referencing the ridge racer guy from some press conference oh
1: okay now i do know that and uh enemy crab
0: (laughs) oh yeah that was the same one yeah (laughs) that's same press conference massive damage oh shit yeah ridge racer v waltzler said uh, great film for people who love la haute cuisine oh, so <laughs> <laughs> who love la Horte cuisine, great chefs and have wonderful taste sorry, have a wonderful taste <laughs> you will learn not only about how to make a perfect and quite distinguished dish, but also to avoid making big mistakes in a three stars Michelin kitchen, spoilers furthermore, you will enjoy splendid actors working as a team
1: now, um, I'll say I don't think I learned how to cook anything <laughs> watching this film. I, don't I, think I that, learned that I learned early on that sous videing was bad, but then yeah. he gave in and started sous videing things. Um, but that didn't <laughs> teach me how to. Oh, and sometimes the haddock or halibut would be rubbery if done oh, yeah. in, in a
0: certain way. But I didn't
1: learn anything.
0: So that <laughs> review is already
1: wildly 100% wrong. Yeah. yeah, and
0: I feel like I don't know how best to avoid the wrath. That I will inevitably incur, apparently, in any kind of professional kitchen, and should expect to endure as part of my working life. So many Fremens, though. Uh, Thremens. We've got recurring extras Carl Thara, who was in Holmes and Watson, and Transformers The Last Night. We have Roy Beck, who was in Now You See Me 2 and Transformers The Last Night. Uh, Ben Colacho, who was in Hellboy, Men in Black International, Doolittle, Now You See Me Too, and Transformers The Last Night. Then, in terms of the big names, we've got Omar Sai, who was in Inferno, and Transformers The Last Night. I think that maybe Michael Bay just showed up at the burnt set and just grabbed a whole <laughs> bunch of people. <laughs> you, you, and you. Uh, I'm Omar Sy, I'm a major part in this movie. Well, not anymore, you're not. We'll just have to write you out. Uh, and then, yes, in terms of the two biggest names, we have Uma Furman, who was, of course, in Batman and Robin, movie 43, god, and The Avengers, not that one. And Emma Thompson, who is in Men in Black International, Doolittle, and Junior. Wow. Yeah, illustrious careers there.
1: Happy that uh, my two favourite actors from this film aren't on that list.
0: Ah, get into that later. Who could it be? Who could it be? Ow, free to a man, free in a bush, free, free, go. The film's a shit, mate. The film has 6.6 on IMDb, 2.8. Oh, sorry, 28 on Rotten Tomatoes, 76% on Google. is nothing bad enough for you, Google. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> One day something's going to dip below 60 on Google. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to have to be pretty bad. Uh, and made $36.6 million on a $20 million budget, which probably means when considering marketing costs that it did lose some money. Because I do remember the advertising for this. It was very big in Canary <laughs> Wharf. we're gonna get the hawk cuisine fans in oh god ah so sarah you ogre what's one thing about burnt that makes it the only place you've ever felt like you belonged by which i mean how come you chose this um again
1: i'm not good at thinking of films i hate i did Mm, come up with a second scenario for you um, which was Ghostbusters Afterlife
0: I was very interested in that
1: Yes, we'll probably revisit that yes. At a later point you Sure and I, we will um, Because I think we have very similar opinions <laughs> mm. On what a shameless film that was Yes But Burnt was a very unique scenario Because again, like, I tend to Not go see Films if I think they're going to be bad or yeah. Or seek out bad films Yeah but i was in melbourne and oh. i had 5 hours to kill before a flight oh man <laughs> so what what could be better <laughs> what could be better than walking to the cinema next to the convention center and seeing what's on what's on i could see bridge of spies or i could see burnt oh, wow i wonder i wonder if this coin flip will <laughs> oh no <laughs>
0: Oh, God. Ugh, that cursed coin. <laughs> well, let's have a quick run through of what happens in Burnt, because we open with a moody opening, a cold open. Ooh, maybe this is going to be interesting and sort of just discuss- go. Oh, okay, narration. Good, good, good. <laughs> of course.
2: Jean Luc, my mentor, the guy who gave me a chance as a chef, said to me it was God who created oysters and apples and you can't improve recipes like that. But it is our job to try. Being a young chef, I sure as hell tried. I spent 10 years cooking in Paris and became head chef at John Luke's restaurant. That was good. Some nights I was almost as good as I thought I was. At least that's what I'm told. And I destroyed it all My devils chased me out of Paris And I washed up into world. I sentenced myself to hard labour Shucking oysters And today's the last day of my penance
0: Can't tell a story without narration I'm particularly good with the hindsight knowledge That this is the only narration in the movie <laughs> 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 Gotta get people caught up So they know about the Bradley Cooper <laughs> But what do we know about Bradley Cooper? What's he all about
1: here? He's doing penance, which is maybe one of the most condescending concepts I've ever heard of. He's he's like, oh, I've done something wrong, so I have to do penance by doing a menial job. And it's like, that's a job (laughs) that somebody does, Bradley. Bradley. That's a job, that's an actual person's job. You can't treat it like it's a punishment,
0: you absolute dickhead. Absolutely. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, he's he's done something (gasps) and... Paris, Paris. It haunts him. Mysterious. He's shucked a hundred, uh, a million oysters. Sorry, a hundred would be something. <laughs> Just, <laughs> a hundred wouldn't even I'm be done. worth going to New Orleans for. I didn't realize I could do that so quickly. I thought it would be much more complicated. Ah, <laughs> uh, but also, no one from the world of hawk cuisine ran into him in New Orleans, one of the culinary capitals of the U.S. Maybe he was in a really bad restaurant. They've probably got bad oyster places out there
1: yeah and when he shucked his millionth one he just walked out again what an absolute tool (laughs) but like hey thanks thanks for hiring me or thanks for giving me a job it was like no i've done my little mental thing that was uh only relevant to me goodbye (laughs)
0: how did you interview for this job (laughs) (laughs) i'm running from my past cool we get a lot of that here here's your apron Oh Christ, he goes back to London and reunites with his old friend, Captain Zemo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Baron, I think you oh, I think you he's me, a Baron. Baron. <laughs> and Cap- Captain Zemo feels like you've mixed up Captain Nemo <laughs> and Baron
0: Zemo. <laughs> That's what I did there. <laughs> Jules Verne's Captain Zemo. Um, yes, Baron, Z- Baron Zemo, who runs a fancy hotel um, and who's mad at uh, Bradley Cooper because what he did in... <gasps> Bradley, I tell you what he did—he pissed off Omar Sy as well. Uh, but it's okay; he's gonna just welcome
1: anyway. But he just happened to be sat outside of a Burger King. <laughs> now, here's the thing that—not to jump ahead just a little bit—but sure. do you think Burger King paid to have product oh, placement in this have. film? Because if I it was writing, was so
0: weird. I feel like if I was writing the scene that's going to happen at Burger King later, I would have picked McDonald's as the more obvious reference point. But maybe, yeah, I think they got sponsorship from Burger King on the assumption that they get that nice things get said about Burger King.
1: <laughs> but in this hot cuisine film, <laughs> it's like... like
0: French peasant food, Sarah. It...
1: But oh, Omar just happened to be outside of Burger King when Adam yeah. was walking past. Let's have a little chase and a punch up in an alleyway. An
0: old London alleyway. Old London alleys. We've got a few of them. Uh, yeah. yeah. Cooper, he wants to get his third Michelin star, so he's recruiting some people who will barely make an impression later in the film, including a young <laughs> street food guy um, whom he tells to assert himself and then moves in with him and his girlfriend. That's a good start. His girlfriend, played by a relatively unknown Lily James. Lily James is here,
1: ooh.
0: Yeah, yeah. for one scene and one scene only. <laughs> yeah, I really thought that was going to be something. I thought, that, that's my summary of most of the scenes in this movie. <laughs> I thought that was going somewhere. <laughs> it didn't. Speaking of which, Uma Furman is here. Woof. Uh,
1: and kicking off the beginning of this film's terrible LGBTQ representation. Oh, yeah. Which is like the weirdest line in the film, <laughs> just like.
2: close down any uh, good restaurants lately?
1: I don't close good restaurants, and reviews close bad ones.
2: I need you to help me kick this arrogant city's ass. I'm back, and I'm gonna cook like we did in the old days before we started warming up fish in little plastic bags.
1: You know, when I lie awake at night and list my regrets, you're one of them. I say to myself, Simone, you're a lesbian. Why did you sleep with Adam Jones? Excuse me?
0: (laughs) You've got to know that he's fucked everyone, and that he can do it, and that he chooses not to, regardless of someone's (laughs) sexual orientation. That's what do you mean, ridiculous male fantasy? That's how the world works. (laughs) oh yeah she's she's playing an asshole food critic oh that's original never seen that portrayed on screen before uh she's the restaurant critic for the evening standard the most respected newspaper in all of england do you know about the evening standard
1: i do not know about evening standard do you know
0: about evening standard it is a london newspaper um that is a awful tory rag that backed boris at every chance it could and it's distributed for free because you couldn't get anyone to fucking pay for it
1: Oh, how prestigious
0: to get I know. Simone Forth to write your review. <laughs> okay, I need to stop my computer making that noise. And I don't know how. And I can't. But I have. There we go. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, yeah, make sure that we get a good review in this paper that everybody reads on the train when they're bored. But not even that now, because people have phones. So, Cooper assholes himself into a job at Zemo's restaurant. And uh, starts to assemble his crew. He's got Captain Zemo, obviously. Sienna, I hope she's not the love interest, Miller. <coughs> Lily James's boyfriend, who will never be the focus of a shot again for the rest of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, the bad guy from John Wick 2, who I don't think gets a line again after this point. The guy who recruits from no. prison.
1: No. <laughs> yes, but he drives to prison on a motorbike with no helmet on. And I thought... <laughs> That's the most arrogant... Again, oh. maybe not the most arrogant. He does a lot of arrogant shit in this film. Yeah. But to drive through London on a motorbike with no helmet on...
0: Yeah. is like <laughs> It perfectly encapsulates the character, honestly. Vanity yeah. and arrogance. Absolutely. There you go. He's such a badass, is the thing. Um, and then also Omar Sy is about... But also about... And I thought... Getting recruited into the crew, but apparently not. Is his nemesis... I'm calling James oh. Michael Sheen McAvoy. He's McAvoy.
1: How do you, now? You dare? You dare <laughs> to speak ill of my beloved Matthew Reese? Oh my
0: God! <laughs> what do you know Matthew Reese from? Because I had a look, but I well, could not see him.
1: Well, here's the thing: I didn't know him when I oh. saw this film in 2015. Ah. So hmm. I fully forgot that he was in this film. <laughs> um, but since then, um, mm. he was in the really great. Um, uh-oh, I've forgotten the name. Give me 10 <laughs> seconds. It was really great. It was a remake of a TV show about a lawyer. Fuck, I'm going to have to click on Matthew Reese. Cut this out. Cut cut this floundering <laughs> out. Mary- Perry Mason, I got there about that. Oh, him. right, yes. He- yes, he was in a really great 2020 uh, remake of Perry Mason. Mm. Uh, and he also voiced Belos in The Owl House and Figgy in tucumberti and Bertie. So oh, I'm wow. a great oh, fan of... Matthew Reese, and so was delighted uh, that he would be here to help get me through this film, even if he was playing an absolute dickhead as well.
0: <laughs> well, that is a bit of a challenge in this film. Um, oh, and finally, I think, is Emma Thompson, who's also here. And it's just so much fun that we can just keep adding more and more characters rather than develop any one of them.
1: <laughs> Her role was. Con- oh, yeah. She's a doctor, but she seemed to be a doctor of everything. Yeah. <laughs> she could do blood tests but she was also a therapist
0: yeah it's like her function in the move in the movie is the same function as literally everyone else which is just people for him to confide in about his insecurity that's every other role oh god it's ridiculous but yeah not
1: to jump ahead she's also a terrible therapist oh yeah
0: (laughs) absolutely we can get more into that um but yeah we hear more about what cooper was like back when he was an interesting character but uh, you know what, now he's the underdog. He's having to pull his way up from the bottom with absolutely nothing except his skill, his charm, and his ability to triple people's wages at will.
1: <laughs> I mean, again, the dickhead move of getting Sienna Miller's character fired from oh my God. Henry Goodman's restaurant <laughs> yeah. was... <laughs> Absol- again I, st- I started a tally of every time he manipulated <laughs> people into doing something he wanted and I gave up I gave up I put five knocks on it and then flipped to the next page of notes and I was like <laughs> forgot, forgot that I'd started a tally but I can only assume it would have tripled yeah. no answer. absolutely
0: yeah it's just oh Jesus yeah absolute manipulation from beginning to end and just but you know what he knows what's best for her he knows what she mm. needs intuitive yes she doesn't she has exactly. no idea
1: no she yes. doesn't need st- stability she needs to work in <laughs> the most hostile work environment possible
0: <laughs> she needs as much stress as possible it's what's going to make her a great chef and that is her number one priority never mind the kid <sighs> uh, what kid what kid anyway he's getting shitty now though he's uh throwing stuff about and asking sarcastic questions from his crew oh but all that sympathy he's accrued with me the audience i don't know what <laughs> to do now <laughs>
2: I'm going to give everybody who had dinner here tonight their money back. And I'm going to write to each and every one of them and apologize. And apologize to the fucking disaster that happened here tonight. I gave you this to use, right? Yes, chef. Because each slice of potato for Pau Manet has to be exactly two millimeters thick. Did you think that was a joke?
1: No,
3: chef.
2: Did you measure your potato slices? No, there's
1: no time.
2: There's no time. You just have to know. But you don't know. I thought you did. I'm sorry. My fault. God, I made a mistake with you. I didn't know you were deaf.
3: I'm not deaf. Then
2: how come I left you at the associate and then I find you at the Poisson? I never... Not... I'm not talking to you! How did you turn a beautiful, fresh piece of turban into a pale, lifeless, turban fuck-all? How the fuck did you do that?
0: I thought he was the good guy, but he's an anti-good guy, I guess.
1: If only there was a term
0: for that. (laughs) If only. But it's not. Bradley Cooper invented it in this this movie. So, he has a bad opening night. And so he goes on to, Good Morning Britain, the most respectable new show in England. Jesus Christ, our media landscape is a shit show.
1: (laughs) I mean, Good Morning Britain, yeah, is
0: (laughs) so disreputable anyway. But he... (laughs)
1: Was giving the worst interview I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> Sullen, moody, trying to hurry things along. <laughs> it's amazing.
1: I didn't sell his restaurant, but I guess the point was, oh, it doesn't need to. Yeah.
0: He's
1: giving away food. He doesn't want you here.
0: Yes, he gives away a free week of food. Um, And then a uh, critic from the Times, a slightly more respectable newspaper for pricks, uh, shows up in order to... Yeah, review the place, and I think that's an actual food guy, based on my limited knowledge. It's not Jay Rayner, and therefore it's not a a food journalist I recognise.
1: Are you sure? I feel like he's an actor. Oh, is he? Yeah. I thought he was a foodman. Um, I'll have to just pull down on this IMDb (laughs) till I find him. Martin Treneman?
0: I think he has one line. Yeah.
1: That's Treneman. He's an actor.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. And a writer. Yeah. Is he a food writer? <laughs> uh, no, I'm afraid Can he's a comedy write? writer. Oh, shit. Um,
1: but did was he the one that wrote the headline, Old <laughs> Kitchen Devil Fails to Shock?
0: <laughs> no, I think he wrote the vaguely positive one. A headline <laughs> article that said something like, Pleasant Surprise from... <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable, but... Yeah, he gets a good review, which leads um, uh, Makashin. I've already written into my notes. What was the name? Reese. (gasps) Matthew Reese. Matthew (laughs) Reese. Dear beloved Matthew Reese. Matthew Reese. He throws a fit in his own kitchen. This is an awful industry. To, you need to not work in it. Uh, Cooper has another ridiculous mon- monologue about how he wants his food to basically ruin everyone's life, it sounds like.
2: Adam Jones, the Langham, is now one of the best and most interesting places in London to come and eat. Which part of that don't you like, one of or interesting? I don't want my restaurant to be a place where you come and eat. I want my restaurant to be a place where you fucking. <laughs> I mean, we should be dealing in culinary orgasms. <laughs> When's the last time you had an orgasm that was interesting? Remind me never, ever to discuss food with you in public. People eat because they're hungry. I want to make food that makes people stop eating.
3: You're being stupid.
2: Cooking is an expression of who we are and right now. We're two stars, both of us. It's a two-star review. Now, we can keep on cooking and be interesting, but I want
1: people to sit at that table and be sick with longing.
0: I want everyone to question their identity based on the sandwich I've just given them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Was this the um, culinary orgasm? Yeah. Yep. In my notes, I just wrote, ooh,
0: gross. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all I needed Help. to elaborate on that point. Please stop talking, Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another party of left. We're going to have to clean all the chairs again. <laughs> oh, but at this stage, my stomach lurches because I get the sense they might be setting up a romance between him and Sienna Miller. And I just, oh, oh. I mean, it's already
1: fraught because the power dynamic of your abusive boss it's... Yeah. Holding your job over you. Yep, with Colton's um,
0: personality thrown in. Because he's a celebrity.
1: Absolutely grotesque. Oh, but God. But it has Ugh. to be, doesn't it? can't be a oh. vanity project without the two <laughs> attractive people yeah. kissing
0: at one point. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, anyway, they're setting up the tension of the movie, which is that there's Michelin stars at stake, and they explain the concept of what those are, and... um. Talk about the Michelin men as if they're the actual Urukai. Do you know about the Michelin men?
2: It is a book. It is the book, Yana. The Bible.
0: Michelin sends its inspectors to restaurants to eat and award stars. One,
2: two, three. Or none.
0: No one knows who they are. No one. They come, they eat, they go. But they have habits. They have to stick to a routine to give every restaurant the same chance. Michelin men eat in pairs.
2: Sometimes the Michelin man can even be a woman.
0: They always book a table before 7.30. The first of the pair arrives early and has a drink at the bar. His partner arrives half an hour later. One orders the tasting menu, the other one a la carte, always. They order half a bottle of wine, they ask for tap water, they wear business suits, they're polite. But attention, they may place a fork on the floor under the table to see if you notice, and they wouldn't drop it because that could make a noise and make it too easy.
2: Everything from now on must be perfect. Not good, not excellent, Perfect. If they find one single thing wrong, they will kill us. And they will come for us soon.
1: (laughs) We'll get to this later. That is actually a point that I liked in the film. That's maybe the only thing I liked in the film. The the specificity with which the Michelin
0: men would come. (laughs) There's an absolute code that means you will (laughs) easily and instantly recognize all of them. Yeah. (laughs) It was so dumb that I loved it. There's also the line in there, Sometimes the Michelin man can even be a woman. All those bastards. They thought of everything. Uh, breaking gender norms. <laughs> just say that as if it's such a
1: revelation. <laughs> it's fun as well cuz I think of the Michelin man as the tire guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine
0: if he was the secret shopper. <laughs> just with like a, a bowler hat on.
1: Just sneaking into the
0: <laughs> Hello, a I'm, a regular... <laughs> I'm a regular. A regular patron. I'll drink at the bar. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, also for reasons of contrivance, Cooper stills still owes some drug money to some gangsters. Uh, He can triple any salary he likes, but he can't pay off them gangsters. It would be against his honor. (gasps) Such an honorable man. Paris, Paris. Oh, and also, Sienna Miller is now turning into a prick as well. That's beautiful. The art of cooking. She's really growing as a character. Um, Speaking of which, it it is also revealed in a conversation with the therapist that even Baron Zemo is in love with Bradley Cooper. And the second bad (laughs) LGBTQ plus representation. I'm fine with the gays so long as they live in quiet longing and never actually do the thing that they're supposed to do.
1: Yeah, they never, their goals in life are not fulfilled. They just have to long for a doomed relationship with a yeah. cis,
0: straight, white male. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe they'll get a bone thrown every now and then, and that can be a comedy moment.
1: Yes. Oh, he kissed him. Oh, what a nice
0: gift. Oh, thank you for that. What a gift from the straight man. <laughs> Back to living alone forever for me. That's also the line of... T- At this stage, it just becomes me writing down bits that irk me. But um, I also wrote the line, you know, prostitutes charge extra to fake orgasms. That sounds incorrect <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like oh great
1: because <laughs> when would they broach that with the customer oh, like, if you want me to fake it pay me ahead of time or yeah. is it after the fact and they're yeah. like oh, oh oh okay that's a real burn. I did fake it so
0: that's an extra 20 quid thanks <laughs> 20 quid I'll pretend I'm enjoying this oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> ah yeah. I guess like, the illusion has been broken <laughs> and that's what I'm all about <laughs> in my visits to the sex workers. Oh God! So they go to uh, Matthew Reese, uh, Reese's restaurant, where they meet Alicia Vikander, uh, his ex, oh, whom thanks. he wronged in <gasps> Paris. 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 That's the end of that. Uh, again, <laughs> really before she was big as yeah. well. So I think she'd really just done Ex Machina. Yes, yeah, 2015. Yeah, this is like on the cut Yeah. Before, before she kind of disappeared again. Unless I'm overlooking something obvious. Mm. Because you had, like, within a year, it was like, Ex Machina, Light Between Oceans, which was a big deal at the time, um, and Tomb Raider.
1: Yes. Um, and then I know she did a music video for The National. Is that Ooh. big? Is that, a, is that big <laughs> enough? Thing?
0: It wasn't big in the cinemas, but it was big in our hearts. It was big in my hearts. 2019. <laughs> yeah, Unless Ben Wheatley ever actually does make Tomb Raider too, we can only hope that the best will happen for Alicia Vikander. <laughs> uh, and Michael Fassbender, maybe they're too busy just being really, really fucking hot together, <laughs> too mm-hmm. busy to act. It could be the issue. Uh oh no, there's a scene where Cooper's not uh, not just being an arbitrary dick for no good reason. Oh, now he's gonna have to kiss Sienna Miller. No,
1: I can't remember. Was it in the rain? N- oh my imagination! No, it's it on it the rain? street.
0: I think it could have been in the. Should have yeah. been in the rain. Uh, yeah, it was on the street, and then oh, good, those gangsters are here to interrupt. I was happy about that as well. <laughs> I was like, please,
1: end," Because also, I think Sienna Miller said, this is a fucking stupid idea, and yeah. I said, yes. Yes. Yes, it is, Sienna. Correctly identified. Run away. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're self-aware
0: of what's happening, but you can't change your fate. Oh, no. <laughs> it's tragic. It's the tragedy of Sienna Miller, this movie. Oh, but yeah, the gangsters beat him up. Um, at the worst possible time, because the, the Michelin p- people <sighs> are now here. And that gets overtly spelled out to us over a very long slow-motion sequence. So, they desperately cook some food for them. But, oh, twist! Oh, Sy fucked <sighs> him over because of... <gasps> Paris. 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 What happened Paris? Like you fucked a lobster. I'll we'll never know. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe recruiting a bunch of people who hate you wasn't the best idea. <laughs> <laughs> but... Oh.
1: Uh, it was a... Unexpected twist that this character That hasn't had a great deal of screen time Throughout the film suddenly yeah. betrays him
0: I <laughs> just went to imagine him walking away And in my head I just had him also do this <laughs> As he walks out
1: <laughs> For listening audience yes. uh,
0: Paul gave the double bird <laughs> The classic double bird That's how I figure of us, I ducked out of this movie In order to go be in the last night Or just go sit back outside of Burger King <laughs> His favourite haunt It's good old peasant food He is French after all (laughs) (laughs) Ah it's like the food back home
1: (laughs) You know in In France they call this
0: a Le Whopper (laughs) (laughs) Oh god So yeah um, Cooper goes and gets too drunk To act drunk convincingly (laughs)
1: <laughs> and... Oh, it's the worst drunk acting yeah. I've ever seen it's in my so life. It's so bad.
2: Whoa, whoa! What the fuck is that? <laughs> this is like, oh, what are you doing in here? What are you doing? What are you guys doing in here? This is so great! This stuff is so great. We're in the back. Tell me! Everybody that. out now! Ba
0: ba ba! Ba 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 ba! Out now! Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> what are you doing? You've been drunk before. Mr. Cooper, go get take lessons from Stephen Knight, the writer of the movie. Oh god, yeah. In the morning he has a scene with uh Matthew Reese. Uh in which he doesn't act like an arbitrary dick for no good reason. Oh, now they have to kiss. Yep.
1: <laughs> I I wrote it. This kindness from Matthew Reese was 100% unearned. Yeah, absolutely. By Bradley Cooper's character. Uh, it was lovely to see Matthew Reese doing some lovely top-notch acting. Oh but yeah. But it was still like this scene makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Again, just felt like a character feeding into the ego. Like
0: I've always loved you. Like, oh, damn it! You're a you're a, you're a son of a bitch you're my son of a bitch it's just the most ridiculous american thing you'd ever see but yeah um vikanda pays off the gangsters because of what has happened in <gasps> Paris, Paris, and this is this is communicated to us by having the gangsters walk away from the restaurant looking satisfied and then vikanda comes around the corner closing her purse did she write them a check <laughs> did she carry that on her They might have gone contactless. Just big
1: wads of cash in the purse to also buy (laughs) cocaine with?
0: Oh yeah, could have been unrelated. She just bought a whole bunch of products. She's still got a really big problem. But anyway, that's good. That's two big plot points just thoroughly dropped. Now, he finds out that those weren't the Michelin men after all, so he kisses the man he knows (sighs) is in love with him. I'm sure that'll be fine in his feelings. A cruel act for (laughs) anyone to do. (laughs) A cruel bradley cooper act that was you know only to be expected there's actually a prequel to a star was born he's the same asshole
1: (laughs) i mean i'd be i'd be okay with that because then it would inevitably mean that adam jones dies
0: (laughs) what he deserves it's all he deserves he finds yeah he finds that out so sienna miller says um i was out all night looking for you what about your daughter who (laughs) what i have a daughter she's barely been in this film (laughs) i think she has very memorable hair Oh, that joke. Anyway, trust us. We're your family. Oh yeah, there's been lots of bonding there between Bradley Cooper and his crew. (laughs) So two much more likely Delbert Grady-looking motherfuckers show up (laughs) in order to frighten everyone again. But this time, Cooper's got a secret weapon for these Michelin men. He's gonna not be a prick to all of his staff somehow off-screen. Whoa. (laughs) He's learnt that somehow. Ah, We don't find out if he gets the star or not, because it's not important that... It's more important that he doesn't care. And you know what? Neither do I. It was really interesting because
1: with eight minutes left in the film, that's when they decided that his character shouldn't be an asshole anymore, but they couldn't (laughs) show you scenes with that happening. Yeah. So they had to use a montage because they couldn't (laughs) write scenes... That would make him likeable. They just had to quickly show you scenes where you would hopefully intuit yeah. that he's not being the dick he's been for the other hour and a half of this film.
0: <laughs> and then he goes and he joins his crew as they have dinner together. Ah, oh, Star Trek, next generation. You're always welcome <clears throat> here, or whatever the line is. And then, yeah, unbelievably, the movie ends. I, ch- I <laughs> check to make sure I haven't skipped a scene and then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and that was burnt. Starring Bradley Cooper. Why doesn't this work? Why
3: is this so? I think because
1: the main character has no redeeming features whatsoever.
0: But he's also not compelling. He's not likeable. He's not likeable, but he's not also interesting.
1: You're never rooting for his success at any point in this film. (laughs) To the point where you almost root for Omar Sy when he betrays
0: him. Yeah. Yes, Omar. Powerful (laughs) move. Yeah, and actually also an unexpected moment, a rare twist where I was just like, oh, cool. That was something I didn't see coming, or, you know, expect was going to happen. That was an interesting disruption, you know, and then he just it leaves. It was maybe
1: the only thing I actually remembered about the film, other than not liking it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I didn't like it, and I remember Omar Sy betrays him towards the end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was cool, because he's good. I like Omar Sy. He's got great presence, and mm. in this, he's just this oh. big guy with his cool, sexy voice, and Strong presence. Every time he's on screen, it's like, oh, look, there's on my side. He has that one moment where he gets to be. he sent it back. Too spicy. What? Too fucking spicy. Pepper.
1: I did get to it.
2: For Paris.
0: And then just leaves, and it's like, that was fucking cool, but now the best character's gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh jesus it's it's bewildering really it's structured so weirdly and it just moves so quickly and yet also there's so much in it and yet at the end of it i just felt like nothing had happened it's no
1: it it yeah it, it's also one of those narratives where it's like it's kind of a bougie thing anyway yeah there's oh, this chef wants another Michelin He wants I his know, third right? Michelin star. It's not like a scrappy up-and-coming chef wanting his first Michelin <laughs> star. It's yeah. this, this bellend who's fucked everything up in Paris now wants his third Michelin star. So they're pretending he's an underdog when he's
0: not. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. it's absurd because, yeah, there's nothing at stake. The only way you tell this story, really, is with Sienna Miller, I think. You have to make it her movie, and you start with her, and you have her encounter this guy, and he's an asshole, and it's about her difficult relationship with maybe the toxic work environment, because we have all kind of been trained to expect chefs to be dicks, and we've been Hmm. told that that's just the cost of their genius, and we're so often fed that as well, this idea that if you're brilliant, you're also going to be a dickhead. And they, it, it becomes, it gets roped in with ableist arguments as well, you know, because all brilliant people have to be slightly autistic. And if you're autistic, it means you don't have people skills. Massive cliche. You know, it, it's, it's all of the rest of this. It's this idea that brilliant people don't have time to be nice. And it's, you know, archetypes like Sherlock and, you know, uh, Mark Zuckerberg in that movie, the, the Social Network. And so it would be interesting to see her come up against that. Like, she's got this boss. He's mm-hmm. an asshole but everybody loves him and he's brilliant. So am I the problem? Am I not tough enough to make it in this environment? Or is it that he's a dickhead and I just need to walk away from this toxic prick? There's a movie. That is a movie. And as a movie, I'd probably have enjoyed watching more. But instead, this
1: man says, no, you can't have your daughter's birthday off. And she still kisses him at some point.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's like whiplash, but with like no self-awareness. Just like, oh yeah, he was right to do that the whole time. As opposed to the kind of complicated thing that Whiplash ends up being a bit. I'm still unsure about Whiplash and its messaging. (laughs) (laughs) I still don't know if we were meant to ultimately be on J.K. Simmons' side in Whiplash. But in this, we are definitely on Bradley Cooper's side. And it's not a great side. (laughs) No. No. And there's constant allusions to him being a much more conflicted character in the past. And I have mixed feelings about the whole Paris thing. Because on one hand, I like the idea of leaving the big drama off-screen and having people, like, just, you know, insinuate what it is, or what that happened. Because it's something to do with Alicia Vikander, who was the daughter of his mentor, you know, and drugs, and, you know, all the rest of it. That's fine. It's all in there. But also, it just it constantly makes you feel like you're watching the epilogue of a more interesting story.
1: <laughs> it, it almost feels lazy, like yeah. they couldn't be bothered to flesh that part out.
0: <laughs> so it's like... Yeah.
1: It is it is cool to not know, but also it feels like they also didn't know. Yeah,
0: like, it's so ill-defined, it's just anything that you can think of. Like, yeah. how did this particularly hurt Omar Sy? You know, was he involved with Vikander, and then he, like, cheated on her with him? I don't know, like, it's very strange, because that motivates the entire movie, that thing. It's why he is seeking redemption. Because he's got two rival things here. He, he comes, at one stage he says he wants to earn the respect of everybody he's wronged. So maybe he thinks that getting this extra Michelin star is the way to prove that, as opposed to actually just being a good guy and showing that he's changed, but maybe he doesn't know that.
1: Yeah, apologizing, uh <laughs> showing yeah. showing penance rather than shucking a million oysters <laughs> like a
0: bell end. Oh, what does it mean when he throws his million oysters? Well, maybe that's him like acknowledging, okay, this this solved nothing. I haven't fixed anything, so I'm gonna throw my million oyster log into the Thames. Which he shouldn't do by the
1: yeah. way. Yeah. no that's just littering off waterloo bridge (laughs) look
0: we've all done it but (laughs) shit
1: well yeah you have london
0: boy (laughs) (laughs) look sometimes you can't find a bin and you got a crisp packet and there's an obvious solution to that it's called the thames
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's already so polluted
0: what's one more extra salt and vinegar Walker's packet gonna do <laughs> The very worst one It just immediately lands on a trout We have trout in the Thames you? <laughs> it's uh, Yeah it's just it, It's terrible because there's so much Great talent in here as well So many really great oh, performers It's
1: devastatingly good cast It really
0: is You just think What is this just Uma Thurman showing up Is this a Lars von Trier film What's going on
1: she, I would say she gets about Three minutes of screen time
0: Baffling and she she was already not acting much at this point.
1: <laughs> it's just some would say she wasn't acting much in the film uh, either.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. It's just nobody really is. Like Daniel Brawl shows up as he always does. He's playing a character who's very problematically written, but like he mm. always he always has a character in mind, you know, and he always kind of plays yes.
1: Him. He he was my one good thing when I mentioned this on your anniversary episode. Oh uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, you gotta love the guy. He just and there's a couple of moments of his that so I'll talk about in Quick Fire. Um So you got Brawl. Sienna Miller I thought was doing a good turn for her part. Mm. There wasn't much to the character other than to be just utterly in awe of Bradley Cooper. Um but I still enjoyed her thing. Like there's there's good performances peppered around. It's just what is it in service of? This weird story about redemption that doesn't feel earned because you don't get to feel the weight really of whatever it is he's done or what it meant for him. Or you know, just much of anything. It's just a very weightless film, really. You were saying beforehand, like it's important to remember that stinkers like this come at all levels of movie production. It's not just like low budget things. And I think it's pretty obvious that this was aiming for actor awards based on, you know, the director's previous yes. stuff. Um And it just it's it's a bit shameless in that respect because It's a movie that has been designed to give two or three actors a big, you know, dramatic moment. Well, one actor, really, is Bradley Cooper. Um, Yeah. And not much else has been done to really earn its place as a movie worth watching. Uh, The one I always come back to is Flight. Another Flight movie with Denzel Washington. It was a Robert Zemeckis Hmm. film. I think that movie gets overlooked as actually being a very good film. It's a, it looks like a vanity project for Denzel Washington, but I actually think it's quite entertaining and quite gripping as a sort of thriller. I think it works in and of its own right, and sometimes these movies kind of forget to do that. Yeah, this needed to be a flight, but it's not. It's, I don't know, Lincoln? It's August Osage County is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. But anyway, nevertheless, Which are quick fire about it.
1: Fight, 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 fight. well i've already mentioned it a lot but matthew reese oh always,
0: yeah always a, always a treasure always a treasure you gotta love matthew reese
1: okay all right look the whole mozart salieri bullshit doesn't interest me anymore i cook good local ingredients in a unique
2: creative way to impress my diners well you don't cook you warm food up in condoms
1: frying pans flames and booze went out with adam jones and please don't think i'm impressed with the water you're an addict So it's not alcohol now, it'll be coke or booze or fucking every girl you meet because you're addicted to the way you feel every second of the day. Doomed youth is romantic. Doomed middle age really isn't.
0: Okay, I'll start with my most uh, tiny one, which is I really like Brühl's suit in the first He's wearing some pretty good suits throughout the movie, but his first suit that he appears in, I can't remember it very much now, but I had to make the note that I quite liked it. (laughs) So there you go, Brühl's suit. Uh, I thought the food looked good at nearly every turn. Yeah.
1: Um, it almost... But again, like, it, the food barely got a look in. I again, know, right? for a cooking film, they <laughs> didn't show that many appetizing meals. No. <laughs> but when they did, they were at least looking... They did at least look good. Yeah. But the like recipes and follow this quickfire has now dragged on and is no longer a good thing so i'll (laughs) just say the way the food looked the way when it was on screen
0: (laughs) no one of my uh one better things in particular we'll talk about sort of just luxuriating in the visual appeal of food but no um yeah i'll have my montages here because there are a few montages i liked and one of them is absolutely when he goes and visits the street market um, and there's just yes. food, there's just good food being prepared All sorts of food, it gets into the sort of diverse nature of London Which also, in another sequence, is him walking around London at night Shopping for ingredients, there's a nice sense of the marketplaces And the kind of Middle Eastern and and uh, Asian presence that is in London um, That was a cool scene And then nice shots and music for the scene where the very fancy restaurant I think the one that Matthew Iffens is uh, working in and it's like a laboratory. There were some very nice, like uh, establishing shots of that kitchen. Um, and then my final—oh no, you know what? I'll take that out. That's different. So yeah, th- there were some good montages in here.
1: Um, they they played an RYX song Ooh. during the fish market scene. <laughs> um, just that took me out of it because I was like, oh, I like this song. <laughs> <laughs> So, good song choice, uh, whatever the director's name was. John Wells.
0: <laughs> John good Wells. Good song choice. <laughs> good song choice. Love <laughs> good it. Good song choice. Um, okay, some dialogue. Let's have all the dialogue I liked. Um, Daniel Brawl, this one's just weird. If you want to live a full life, eat your t- eat your own tongue. <laughs> weird thing to say. <laughs> Very early line of dialogue. Um, I, by and large, quite liked the Burger King monologue. It's a weird point to be making Same. and very corporate, but it felt very anti-easy take. And there's nothing easier yes. than taking a swipe at a fast food place.
2: Want some lunch?
3: No, not here. No. Why not? I prefer to eat food oh. cooked by a proper chef.
2: You don't like people on minimum wage? Mr
3: Jones, <laughs> I'm a sea
2: chef. I'm a person on minimum wage. You know why people like you don't like fast food? Sorry, people like me. Because it's food for the working class. Excuse me? Justify why it costs $500 more to eat at a place where we work than it does at a place like this. No. Because you can't. Because the food here is made with too much fat and too much salt and too many cheap cuts of meat. You just described most classic French peasant dishes. Burger King. Peasants doing what peasants do, mm-hmm. giving cheap cut of I meat a little style, goulash, bourguignon, cassoulet. Shall I go on? I really have to go. What you should have said is that the problem with this place is too consistent. And consistency is death.
0: Yeah, that would be a proper, unpretentious chef's main problem with a fast food place. It's just that you get the same thing every time. It's not taking any risks. Everything else, you know, a ride on dude could be behind. The only problem is, you don't really get a sense of this kind of championing the working class or simple food later on in the movie. And in fact, quite rightly, you've identified the whole shocking oyster thing as penance (laughs) is a real, real dick move. (laughs)
1: God almighty. It, it was a good monologue that didn't belong in this film. Yeah. And almost felt like it was they had to put it in there to get the Burger King money.
0: <laughs> yeah, and decided Stephen Knight just decided, "All right, if I'm going to put this in here, I'm going to write an actual interesting defense of Burger King in order to make this happen."
1: I don't know if I have any more good things. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I Again, we've we've touched on a lot, like I thought that visually it was really mm. well it was really well shot. Yes it was. All the shots of London looked great. Yeah. Um but you can't make up for a script this dire yeah. with actual good cinematography. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um the only thing I say against the cinematography is I don't think it really got under the skin when it came to him having a strop in the kitchen, those sequences. They felt a bit flat and mm. kind of awkward, but no, there were some really good-looking, um, yeah, shots throughout the whole thing of just cooking of food and of yeah, of London itself as a place to set this. All right, I'll I'll rattle off my last few. Um, I like Zemo standing up to Cooper to make the birthday cake. The daughter has been forced to come to the restaurant and is being looked after by Daniel Bruhl because you know what else have got gay got going on? They can just. <laughs> sit around and look after they, the kid
1: yeah, they're not the maitre d' of a Michelin star restaurant they can look <laughs> that is after no work. a child
0: <laughs> that's not that, there's no work associated there we're
1: quick firing the good things I know but this scene was actually just unhinged I know, but it's... it was like was it meant to be endearing because it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> he came off like a
0: dick throughout the whole thing but I loved him coming in and yeah. just be like Chef
3: um... Lily didn't want to stay at home today because it's her birthday so Tony said if I brought her into work he'd watch her during service
0: and you fucking birthday cake, okay? So, make a cake. You know, I like that. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. Love Daniel Poole.
0: Love his characters
1: yeah. standing up for himself one time yeah. and one time only. <laughs> one
0: time only. Yeah, but it does just conform so heavily to that idea of the LGBT, uh, uh, LGBT character just fucking um being a supporting role for other characters. Yeah. Yeah, just totally being on hands to just help out wherever is needed. Um. Okay, an interaction between Cooper and Sienna Miller I liked when, after they've discussed Vikander and they've had the big serious talk, she then says, her perfume's smell amazing. And he just said, she's not okay. And it just, it felt like an actual interaction. The first time in the movie, I wonder if it was improvised because it felt like what someone might actually say. <laughs> and a natural response. I actually quite like that. Um, and then there's an Emma Thompson line near the end where she comes and finds that he's sat outside of her um Therapy lab. I don't know what it is. Mm. Um, and it just says, I'm almost certain it isn't Friday. Good delivery, I think. Yeah. Um, do I have anything else? I like the idea that the chefs all have dinner together because that's something you don't often see because, you know, chefs got to eat. And so one of the chefs is just making oh, a big pie.
1: You clearly don't watch the hit FX show The Bear oh, because they the bear. have family dinner all the time. Oh. Family dinner feels like it's an actual big tradition that's carried on by chefs. I love and that. I know two chefs. I could. I could... Message them and find out yeah. if that's a fact. But I feel like we can speculate on the fact that yeah. the bear and burnt both have family <laughs> dinner as a term for yeah. chefs sitting down and eating before service. Yeah, they might. That's maybe a thing that happens. I love that,
0: and I love the idea that they would. You know, we're not going to make the whole cuisine that we cook. You know, obviously, it's dreadful. People pretend to like it, so we're just going to make a big pie. We're going to make yeah. a big pie. Did it look it. like a good pie. A good pie. Oh, yeah. pie. Yeah. Lots of veggies. Good stuff. Um, My final one then is that at various point a lot is made of chef's knives when Sienna Miller gets fired she gets given her knives Um, and then Alicia Vikander gives Bradley Cooper her father's knives and he takes them out and he sort of looks them and he kind of reveres them and I like this idea that the chef's knives are like their lightsaber you know this kind of (laughs) this holy thing that they take everywhere with them.
1: That That is a nice thought and concept. During that scene I just thought, you're running your finger down that knife in such a way where you would have cut your finger right open. If that, that was, was clearly a, knife. a prop knife. We are specifically told yeah,
0: that, was... that it is sharp.
1: Yeah, and he's just running his finger along the edge and like, the fuck are you doing?
0: Like <laughs> fucking Narsal, the Flame of the West. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's going to do it for quick firing burnt. Oh god, the OG team. Yoji team, I forgot
1: about you, which is crazy. Did anyone I... have anything? Because I, again, I only saw this film because I was waiting for a plane. I can't imagine many other people would have seen it by choice.
0: <laughs> Let's have a look. So nothing on Twitter. There are still people talking about Blood Rain, even though it was two episodes ago. Come on, guys. <laughs> Come on, guys. We all know you love Uwe Bowl, but this is ridiculous. Alright, no. Okay, so nothing from the OTT, which is fair enough. We can't recommend watching Burnt. (laughs) We suggest that you leave off and let it fall into obscurity where it belongs. But maybe not. Maybe it deserves to be remembered. Because, you know, you should never just be in a movie for the sake of self-aggrandizement. That's the real lesson here. But i tell you what didn't do that, is these movies, the one better thing. The one better thing.
1: I don't know. Does that many chef-based movies? <laughs> I think that it's not a movie. But as we previously mentioned, The Bear. Oh yeah. Which just Ooh, came tell out me this about year the bear. on FX. The Bear is about a Michelin Char- <coughs> star chef who Ooh. quits his job to move back to Chicago to take over his brother's ah. restaurant after his brother dies. Um, so he starts to try to implement the ways of a high-stake kitchen into a small oh, restaurant. Wow. Uh, huh. And it's it's generally funny and touching and moving. And uh, <laughs> it's on... If you're in the UK, it's on Disney+. Plus. Uh, and mm. if you're in America, it's on FX. And if you're anywhere else in the world, I don't know. Uh, Google it. <gasps> but... Uh, yeah, so not a TV... Sh- uh, not a film. Although... I, oh, no, that's fine. I, yeah, as you said, uh, the menu comes out... Oh, week. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Check which, that out. Lovely, Taylor yeah, well, Joy. does seem like it takes a more interesting turn than this film did. <laughs> uh, <at the laughs> yes, point. it does. I,
0: I genuinely thought from everybody talking about it and its appearance at festivals and such that it was a high-prestige movie about a chef. I did not realise until the first cinematic trailer dropped that this is a... And then there were fewer um most dangerous game style yes. horror thing. So I'm I... very much looking forward to seeing that. Yes, I'm excited <laughs> to see that as well. <laughs> I do love Ray Fiennes, Nicholas Holt, and Anya Taylor Joy. Yeah, okay, I've got a few. So Chef, the John Favreau movie from twenty thirteen. I, I really liked it. I thought it was obviously a fairly on-the-nose metaphor about his filmmaking career. You know, he's a guy, he used to be an exciting chef, he settled into making stuff that's very consistent and a bit boring, and a critic challenges him to reconnect with his roots and make something special and unique. You know, it's obviously about his relationship with Marvel and, you know, making a very bland product and then rediscovering what got him into cooking in the first place. But the thing is, it celebrates food so much. Like, there were so many great shots of how good this food is. And, like, early on, he makes this cheese toasty. And I just still remember this cheese toasty as being the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen in my life. And he ends up um, making Cubans, which is this excellent kind of uh, sandwich with, I think, salt beef and cheese and a little pickle. I can't... It's very straightforward, but he ends up sort of mastering it and making this a kind of high cuisine thing. So it's a very, it's a very sweet film as well. And another great cast... Then, if you want to see Stephen Knight even just writing a better chef sequence, there is a bit in Spencer where, um, oh, what's the name of the, t- the terrifying actor, Sean Harris? Um, He plays this, uh, this chef for the royal family, but he's, in spite of him being terrifying Sean Harris, he's got this gentle manner to him. He treats them all like they were soldiers together in a battalion. They act very much like an army in the way that they prepare this food. And it's got a real sense of seriousness and drive, but also without any scenes, really, of it happening. There was such a sense of camaraderie between them, I think, just because Sean Harris is so good. And then if you want to see the flip side, if you want to actually see the really stressful, awful side of cooking, you've got to watch Boiling Point. The movie from last year, Stephen Graham is a head chef. Mm. It was on Netflix, and Jesus Christ, it's one of the most tense movies ever made, I think. It was all shot in one long sequence, and it's just... The relationship between the waiting staff and the customers and then the waiting staff and the um, chefs and the sort of relationship manager going in amongst it. And it's just showing where all of the stress comes from in running a well-respected restaurant. And it's just superb, but it's a a bit fraught. (laughs) But Stephen Graham is fucking excellent. Of course, yours is. Um, Yeah, I think that'll do it for the one better thing. The one better thing. I always expect the theme to play. Same.
1: (laughs) I I don't think I expected it to play. I think I expected you just to say it.
0: (laughs) I say it live every time. I usually have the band going. (laughs) Uh, Sarah, how can people find out about you and your endeavors? Oh, well, I am
1: basically Penguin Panic across all platforms. Mm. (laughs) So I'm on Twitter, (laughs) Instagram, and Tumblr as Penguin Panic. But you can also just search for me as Sarah Keep. Uh, I do art and I do podcasts and I continue to exist in this world despite what anyone else tries to do about it.
0: Fuck yeah. Absolutely. And you're still on Twitter whilst it is a platform that exists.
1: Oh, it's fun to watch it burn. <laughs> it's fun to watch is... corporations lose millions of dollars because of parody <laughs>
0: accounts. It's fun to see what would actually happen if someone did think that they were Tony Stark in real life. <laughs> it would just be an absolute shit show. Yeah. And that is worth watching. So yeah, the one better thing, if you want an egomaniac destroying himself, is to just log on to Twitter. <laughs> um, fantastic. Um one good thing, you know what to do. OGT pod, type it into anything, you'll probably get us. Um and then also Quest Fantastic, where you can hear the excellent Sarah Keep along with our other co-hosts. Uh hosts, yeah, we're all hosts of that show. Um, I don't know, like people, just pod people. We're all pod people on there. And it's good fun. It's a really good podcast. You can hear Jen and the Film Critic in order to hear more of my movie reviews. Goodman's got stuff going on. I don't know. Check the, check the, check the comments. He loves me. Check the comments. He now comments on our videos and talks about the things he's got going on. God bless him. Um, yeah. but I think that's just about going to do it. I'm Paul Salt. I'm Zach And remember, the one good thing about Burnt is that Matthew Reese was having his own much more interesting movie... just on the sidelines.